Hey there, I'm Nanzea, and this is Market Scale Grow, a podcast created for ambitious teacherpreneurs looking to have a bigger impact on the world, achieve freedom, flexibility, and ultimately make more money. With weekly strategy sessions and inspiring stories from fellow teachers just like you, my goal here is to help you create a customized marketing strategy so you can grow your teacher business beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome back to Market Scale Grow. I'm your host, Anzea, and today is a live strategy session. I'm here with Carolyn from La Class de Madame. Carolyn, I'm super, super excited to be chatting with her. So, hello. Hi, it's really nice to be here. Yes. Before we dive into the strategy session, why don't you tell everybody how awesome I am? And okay, actually, pausing before you tell everyone how awesome I am. Carolyn was my maid of honor and I was her maid of honor. We've been friends for like 10 years. Oh, longer than that. We okay, stop it. I, I don't want people to know how old we actually are. We went to university together. So we have quite a good relationship. And if you've ever heard my like brand origin story, if you will, where I talk about I was like six months postpartum and my son was driving me bonkers as six-month-olds do. And I had a friend who told me, maybe you should put some more time and energy into your TPT store. That friend is Carolyn. And she's also the only one who even knew my TPT store existed for those first six years. So, okay, for real, you don't need to tell people how awesome I am. You need to tell them who you are more than what I just did and a little bit about your business. Well, see, I was going to talk about all this stuff, about how I was your maid of honor and stuff, but you would beat me to it. So like Jensei said, I'm um, Carolyn, the face behind La Classe de Madame Caroline. I've been selling on TPT since the end of 2013, so about nine years now. The and, wild, wild West back then. Oh my God. It, yeah, TPT has changed a lot. I started my store because back then there was nothing and I was my first year teaching and I had no resources, <laughs> especially for French because yeah. you like dove right into French immersion resources. So absolutely nothing for French. There was almost nothing. I think I was among the first mm-hmm. French teacher sellers on TPT at the time. And now what do you do your business? Where is that road taking you? So for a long time, it was just very much side business, hobby. Started off with me just making things for myself and then posting them and seeing what would happen. And, you know, my first month I made $2.70 and I was like, yes. You know. Yeah. I have no idea how much I made my first month. You know why I know is because my dad and you've met my dad. My dad made fun of me (laughs) when I first started. He's like, like, how much did you make this month? Ho, ho, ho. Oh my gosh, I could totally see him doing that too. Yeah, he was totally a smartass about it, but that's okay. (laughs) Because now I rub it in his face that it's done well for me over the last almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it started as just a hobby and then evolved. When I went on maternity leave two years ago, I started taking it a lot more seriously and things have just skyrocketed. And now I just want to keep going on that upward trend. Yay. Okay, so what are we going to chat about today? What is the the topic at hand, if you will? So I wanted to talk about just a marketing plan in general. As of right now, I haven't done too much. I've done a little bit of list building on Facebook ads. And I mean, I, I feel like I'm okay on the email 
and Instagram side of things. But other than that, I would like to market more. You can give yourself credit where credit's due because you regularly put out blog posts, which is part of a marketing content plan. You regularly email your list, which is a huge part of a marketing plan. And you are super consistent on Instagram, which is also part of a marketing plan. So get a little bit more specific about what you want to be. Okay. So I guess Facebook ads. (laughs) Because to me, I was like, well, I'm doing these things. I don't know if I'm doing them super well, but I mean, I guess I am because it's the first year I've done them consistently. So consistency is huge in the marketing sphere right now. Just like showing up regularly so that your audience actually knows they can trust you and rely on you to put out that content is first of all. Second piece is that it builds over time, right? So it starts out as like just one blog post a month, but then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I have like a hundred blog posts. When did that happen? But it's because over those two years, you continue to put stuff out, right? So that's huge. And then also with the shift in the market that we've seen in the last like six months and going forward, if we do go into a recession and maybe when we're listening to this in real time, <laughs> we'll know if that's happened or not yet. But with the recession, people are getting like more fearful of spending money. And so they're falling back on people that they have relationships with and that they know they can trust. And yeah. so doing all of those things is super, super important. But Facebook ads, what do you want to do with Facebook ads? Like I mentioned, I've only ever run ads to um, like list building, which obviously like it did really well for me, but it feels more like I'm spending and not getting anything in return Hmm. because of the whole, like you're getting people on your list and in theory you are in like going to get return from that eventually, but from looking at it as like money in, money out, it feels like it's just money out, money out, money out compared to running ads to something that can make you money, then at least it feels a little bit more not like it doesn't feel like I'm wasting my money. I'm not scared that I'm just wasting money, you know? Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you mean. And part of the reason why I recommend lead gen ads as the first ad that people run is because there is a return in the form of email subscribers. So unlike boosting a random post and you're like, I don't know what that got for me. It at least feels like there's something coming back. But what we need for you is like a strategy that capitalizes on that list building that you're doing. Because I would still recommend that like 80 to 90% of your money goes towards list building. Unless you wanted to totally pivot and start promoting TPT products or something else. But even if you wanted, because you have a membership too, right? Yeah. Even if you wanted to direct people to your membership, I would still recommend some sort of like list building piece where you're going to run the ads to, but then building out the rest of the funnel basically so that it's not just they're on your list and then they sit there doing nothing. So which direction are you like wanting people to go to your TPT store or to your membership or? Not to membership. I'm not at that point. I, I said that I to myself that I would open up my membership for new subscribers and do like another launch in January. But just with where I'm at right now in my life and like the challenges I've had because I'm still at work and all that, I don't see it happening. Right now I'm I'm kind of just maintaining 
my mm-hmm. membership, but I'm not really necessarily wanting to grow in that direction yet. I feel like I, I, I want to get some sort of solid lead magnet for my membership and hopefully convert people from that to members, but I'm not quite there yet. So I think I'm more, yeah, I'm more wanting to go with the TPT side. Okay. So we are wanting to grow your list. Yeah. And and direct the traffic to your TPT store. Yeah. Are there like particular bundles or products that would work really well with the lead magnets you currently have? Or are your lead magnets that you're currently using more just for your ideal audience and they don't really direct to specific bundles? Do you know what I'm trying to ask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know what you're trying to say. So my lead magnet, my main lead magnet now is actually like... Like it's four, five little free samples that I had of different phonics programs that Mm. I have in my store. And then I basically what I did is I put it all together in one document, but also added lesson plans for like a week. Is it that book thing that we did the ads for? So that's my main, main lead magnet. So technically it leads into four different products because it has a shared reading. It has little books that's the same story as a shared reading and then phonics activities that are printable and phonics activities that are digital but i don't think i want to run ads specifically to any of those products they're all very high ticket products Hmm. with the exception of like the shared reading which is i think 30 dollars. but all the other ones are like between 80 and 115 i think because they're like bigger bundles right They're big bundles include like all sounds that I have products for. So, and it's all the alphabet sounds and the compound sounds. So I don't know. I feel like there's 40, 50 packs in each of them. What happens when someone opts into this freebie? What do you mean? Like, yeah. What's the automation that happens on the back end? Do they just go onto your regular email list or do you have a special welcome sequence? Like what's happening to them? Yeah. So I have a special welcome sequence. It runs the first one. Obviously you get the big freebie and it has the password to my freebie library and just kind of little introductory things like that. Mm-hmm. And then the second one has a different freebie that's also phonics based. It's phonics posters. So just a poster for each sound. Then like, again, a reminder about the freebie library. And then the third one has like, here's my social media. Here's my TPT store, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. And again, the reminder, don't forget, this is a password to the freebie library. And then they get put on the general mailing list. And then I have a bunch of one-off opt-ins that are like on my blog and things like that. And those ones would go through, you get that freebie. And then a couple of days later, you get put on the phonics welcome sequence. And then you get those ones and then wind up on the email list. Why are you pushing the freebie library so hard? What's your reasoning behind that? So my freebie library has at least 50 freebies in it. Like it's quite, I mean, in my opinion, I don't know about other people's opinions. It's actually quite big. I feel like it just shows my value, not just the phonics stuff, but other freebies that I have because there's science stuff, there's kinder stuff, there's planning, there's lots and lots of literacy and things like that. And yeah, I don't know. I didn't write the email for myself and it was put in there, so... So I think one of the big shifts that you need to like or consider making, and I'm not going to tell you, you have to do this, but like consider 
is switching that push to the freebie library. There is value in a freebie library. Absolutely. And it, especially teachers love that kind of stuff. But if you want a financial return from getting people opting in, like, let's just say you were to put more money behind that specific opt-in. If your goal is to make money back, then you need to be selling something in that email sequence. Okay. It's nice to have those freebies. Don't get me wrong. People love freebies. But if you're pushing a free thing, a free thing, a free thing, then maybe people won't think all you do is free things, but you're not really giving them the push to go and buy something. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'd have to go look at the emails again, because honestly, I don't look at them very often. I want to say that the third email does promote products, Mm -hmm. but I can't remember. Let me pull it up because I've got it right here. What you want, though. Oh, it does. It does. It does have some and other science of reading phonics-based stuff. So it, I have two days where it's the free phonics-based resources. And then the third one pushes three other resources that are paid and of varying uh, price levels. Because like I said, I've got some really expensive items and I have some that are not. Especially on TPT where there are a lot of like less than $10 resource, I guess. Yeah. Less than $10 per resource. Pushing something that's like $80, $100 is a pretty big yeah. ask. Yeah. But like, just imagine you're running that ad for $5 a day, $10 a day, and you get one sale a week, right? You're making your money back and then some. Yeah. So just consider that. But my recommendation is first of all, to pick one product or because you have like four different products in there, I could see like the reasoning behind pushing more than one product. But typically I would say pick one product that goes really, really well with the lead magnet. Yeah. And then you want to be selling it for all of the emails. And so doing like a frequently asked questions about the product, having customer testimonials that you've pulled off of TBT and including those in the email. So people get the social proof and they see the social proof. Now, social proof doesn't tend to sell by itself. It's more like in the back of people's minds adds to that. Very few people will likely say I bought because I read the testimonial and that was what pushed them over the edge. But it truly actually is if you look at sales psychology. So adding like testimonials in, using how you use it or how other people have used it in the classroom. Those are some ways that you could do those emails. Yeah. So they're not just like, hey, buy this product. Hey, buy this product. Hey, buy this product. Instead, it's like frequently asked questions about this product. See the product in use. Here's the story behind why I made this product. If that was relevant now, there may not be a story behind all products. I know sometimes it's like, well, I did another one and it worked really well. So I decided to continue the line, right? But if there was a story or you could kind of like embellish, not embellish, that makes it sound like a lie, but like fancy up the actual story, then add and add it into the emails. Then those kind of things really help people build an awareness of the product and also a desire to buy it. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And if you had something more in like the 30 or $40 range, it might, you might feel better about selling it versus something that's like 80, a hundred dollars. Yeah. And it's worth your time because creating an email sequence like this is time consuming but it's worth it because then everyone who gets that opt-in goes through the sequence and starts seeing it. And then you can start to recoup some of the money. 
Yeah. It's not direct. Building your email list is not a direct return on your money the same way as like products. But the other thing that you can do is once somebody opts in, you can start to show them the actual TPT listings. We can create an audience of those people and retarget them. So after they've opted into your freebie, you start to retarget them to the TPT listing. So they're getting the email sequence that's saying like, here's all the reasons why it's really great. And also they're starting to see ads for the product as well. And so it's like multi-layered. Do you usually recommend running ads directly to TPT versus like to blog posts? So there's, it's all about like the different types of ads, right? So running to your blog post would be more of a visibility brand awareness ad. And that's to grow your warm audience. And even if you have an opt-in at the end of that, the goal is still just getting people to be more aware of you and to nurture. The second one is lead generation, where you're building your email list, whether it's with the freebies or a video training or like whatever. And then the third one is sales ads. So something like direct to TPT would be considered a sales ad. And they kind of like layer on top of each other. When someone looks at the blog post, that triggers them to start seeing those lead generation ads. And then once they opt in, it triggers them to see the sales ads so that you're not just promoting to cold audiences, your TPT. Now you can, and there I do have clients where that's super successful promoting their TPT store directly. Cold audiences? Yeah, to cold audiences. Specifically lookalike audiences typically do the very best. But if you have people that read a blog post or three blog posts, and then they opt in, and then they start seeing those TPT ones, they're even more likely to buy. They're, you've warmed them up a little bit. They know who you are. They're able to trust you. And likely they've clicked around your blog. Your email has some of those promo types. And so they're starting to think about it. They've used the freebie, right? And so it's just the layering of the different ad types. And typically you'd want to run like 80 to 90% of your ad budget towards the lead generation because of the long-term ability. Not only can you do that sales funnel in the emails that I told you, like where you're actually directly selling product. But you can also run like a quarterly workshop where it's like $27 or something and get people to buy into the workshop. And then those micro commitments, micro purchases, $27 or even less if you wanted, but just like they've purchased from you. And then once someone bought something once, they're more likely to buy something again, especially if you give them quality. Yeah. The other thing I'm curious about is kind of on topic, but off topic with that big lead magnet that I've got, the guide that comes with the lesson plans and the four or five resources you need and all that. What I was doing is so I had like the, um, you know, you're going to use this story to teach a sound A. And then at the end of it, I was like, here's the full product. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's good. I would, I would 100% recommend that of always putting something in your lead magnet. That is the next step for them. And so if that next step is to purchase, then that's perfect. My next step in one of mine is to book a call with me because typically for someone to become a client, an ads client, book a call, right? And so I'm not selling anything in my lead magnet. It's book a call with me to learn more about working together. And so thinking about what the logical next step is for you. And so yes, 100%, I would recommend having those links for each of the bundles in there. Okay, makes sense. I do have to say on a side note, when I created it, so last year I used to use like UTM codes, but very specific. So then I had a bajillion UTM codes showing up. 
<laughs> so then I generalize them. So like, for example, I have like an upsell page in my preview file. So I have like preview file upsell page. And that's, and if someone clicks on one of those links, then it gets tracked as that. Mm-hmm. So I use a generic one for my, <laughs> for my opt-in and I kind of see where this is going. Done one specifically to that one, as opposed to the one that I use for all opt-ins. Cause then I could have measured how well that specific opt-in was doing as opposed to the other little one-off ones. This is such a good conversation to have because it really depends on how you're going to use that information and what you want to know from it, right? And so if all you care about is, are your upsell pages working, then that's perfectly fine to have generalized them. But then there there could be certain cases where you're like, no, I want to know specifically this upsell page. So you can always go in and change it, you know? I could. Like I'm looking (laughs) at- That's an option. I know. It wouldn't catch the data from this year, but that's true. My assumption is that the vast majority of the money I've made from freebie files would come from that one. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of my other freebies are leading, you know, there might be leading to small products. The uh, other thing I have, a the one client I'm thinking of specifically that runs a lot of opt-ins like through her blog post. And what I'll do just to make sure that the opt-ins are actually working is when I first start running it, I track the data back of how many opt-ins she was getting before I started running the ad because she gets so much traffic to her blog already that even without ads, some of her freebies are getting five to 10 opt-ins a day with no ads. And so then, yeah, it's insane. So I always go back and look before and then I know like, okay, this one typically gets one or two. And now we're getting like 10 to 15. So that difference is the blog, right? Yeah. Or the, the the ad. Whereas sometimes if the ad isn't working, we're like, oh, well, we we're getting five to 10 before and we're still getting five to 10. So the ad isn't doing like five to 10 seems so great. But if that's what we were getting before, then the ad isn't actually doing the work that we want it to do. So you could potentially if you have records and you have a way to go and like see if you can compare week to week, like when it was running and when it wasn't running, if you wanted to to go into your numbers and look at that option. The problem is that I have Flowdesk and Flowdesk doesn't give you much. Yeah, that's why I, for anyone who's using Flowdesk, I also use Flowdesk, but I embed all of my forms into Squarespace. And so at least I get some data from Squarespace of like paid views and you can install the pixel on Squarespace. So it is an option of like creating a landing page. You use WordPress, right? Yeah. And and that's what I, so that's not what I did in the beginning, but that's what I've moved to in the last. Okay. When I started taking, so I took Amy Porterfield's uh, List Building Society. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is what caused me to create that really great lead magnet. And I guess since we're talking about it, I have to give props to my husband because he's the one who came up with the idea of combining them. And then I came up with the idea of making lesson plans, but you seem so like, well, because he's always like, that was actually my idea. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's true. It was your idea. We're talking about it over lunch one day. And at that point, when she had talked about doing landing pages on your website, that's when I I moved to doing them on my website. Mm-hmm. There's so, a couple benefits. Like, I personally feel like it will be easier if I do ever switch away from Flowdesk to ConvertKit or one of the more robust systems. 
that the URL itself won't change. Yeah, that's so, why I'm doing it. Yeah, I just have to like flip out the the form. Oh, that's yeah. the first one. And then the second one is what I already said. Flowdesk doesn't have a ton of data of how many people saw the form or anything like that. So I can get a little bit more information from Squarespace. I could probably pull a lot from Google Analytics too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I've never actually looked into it. Like I look at my data, but not, there's not, I don't have time to do everything. So I look at certain data points and I'm not looking at specifically page by page how they're doing or anything like that. I feel like it would be really good for you if this is something you do want to like have this information is to go in and change those UTM codes at least for this one, like just this freebie so that you can see or anyone that you're going to run ads to so that you can grab that information um, and have it. And it'll like give you a bit of comfort of knowing that it came from the ads. Like you said before, it's likely that the majority of it is coming from here, but then this will give you that peace of mind that you see the difference in the UTM code. Yeah, that's true. And now that I'm thinking about it in hindsight, I'm like, that's probably what I should have done. It's just like, have one generic one for all the other mm-hmm. freebies, but kept a different one. But I don't think at the time when I created this, like running ads, I don't think was really on my radar. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's all part of like realizing what is important to you and what isn't. And what I'm thinking about right now is my lead magnets. I actually have, there's a couple of them. I have like three different variations. And it's not even three different variations. It's three identical landing pages, but I use one URL for my podcast. I use one URL for like Instagram and Facebook. And then I use the third URL for collaborations. Yeah. It just, that happened over time of me realizing, oh, I actually want to know who's coming from my podcast versus social media. And I want to know who's coming from collaborations. And so it's part of the marketing process, I think, of just like realizing I've done that for for my landing pages too, because I, I also have three for that one. So I have one that's the one that I use on TPT, like in my products, like the sign up for my mailing list. I have one for that one. I have one for uh, ads, but I haven't run ads in a few months. And then a third one that I just called generic that's yeah. for everything else. So that might be the one if I go into the French Facebook group and I, although I don't really do that, but if I were to go and promote it, I would use that link. Or if I post about it on Instagram, I would use that link. Yeah. Like you could potentially have the three different UTM codes for each one, or you could have just the one for ads. So you specifically knew what was coming from ads because that would help you identify the return on ad spend as well. The other thing that my three different landing pages have three different forms in Flowdesk as well. So when no, someone... Yeah, sorry. That's what I meant. Is yeah, mine so they opt in. They opt in and they get tagged as podcast, tagged as social media and tagged as collaboration. So then I also have that information. When I run ads, I have a landing page specifically for ads again so that they get tagged. And so that might be... if It sounds like you're already doing it though. Yeah, that is what I'm doing. But then they all lead to the same welcome sequence. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not differentiating who is buying things that, and came from like an ad versus from TPT versus. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's, that's where I'm not doing the differentiation, but I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I feel like they might be more likely, like it would almost matter more from the actual freebie itself. And mm-hmm. then you could always have a UTM code specifically for your email so that you knew that they were coming from an email, right? 
Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I counted those ones. So anything that's linked directly in an email is tagged as a UTM as a mailing list. Yeah. Click. But anything, so if it's like for this one that it's like a product and then has the UTM codes in it, those ones are linked as a freebie, like buy the full product coming from a freebie file. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So do you have any more clarity of your marketing strategy and like what would be helpful? I think so. I don't, to be honest, I don't see myself running ads right this second because like, I just feel like I have so much on my plate and I'm like, I just, it's a lot to balance. I didn't realize how hard it would be to go back to work and have to do it all. Yeah. Because for anyone who doesn't know, you had your daughter in October of 2020 Yeah, and we're in Canada. So your maternity leave was 12 months, 12 months and extended to 18. Then I extended to 20. So I was off for 20 months. And so she was born October 2020. And then you went back to school September 2021. June of 2022. Right. And I didn't do anything TPT related from the time she was born until March or April of 2021. So I don't know how long that would be, like five months probably. I did nothing. Like I did absolutely nothing. I wasn't posting anywhere. I didn't have my email list really built at that point. I didn't, I had Mm -hmm. sort of made one in MailChimp and then ignored it when I had like, you know, 200 subscribers and I never sent them emails. I never did anything. And then in March or April, I I actually started taking it seriously. And that's when I started doing the, like, got back on Instagram, got back into making products and slowly built it to where I am now. It's crazy how much that consistency can change everything too. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a difference, especially because, you know, a lot of people in 2020 started like digital sales skyrocketed. I don't think mine really did. I had like plateaued by that point. But then when I started working more seriously on things and not just running it as a side business, things kind of took off again. Mm -hmm. To wrap things up, my favorite question to ask is three things you're going to take away from this episode or from this session, if you will. So I, I... think I need to change up my welcome sequence. I'm glad that's the first thing you said. So what's your second takeaway? So my second thing is I have a ghostwriter for my blog and I've worked with her on like one email sequence for launching my membership. And I've also bought her swipe files for um, sales. And she launched a membership last week and I didn't sign up. And like, it was just bad timing for me because end of school and all that stuff. And, and you're already regretting it, aren't you? Now I have FOMO. So I'm going to message her and be like, please, 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 please. Can I join and see what she says? That's my takeaway number two, because I'm hoping that her guidance, because she's amazing at this stuff, will help me with takeaway number one, because not my forte. The copywriter that she's talking about is Branda, by the way. Oh, did I not mention? Branda Villacob, the Relevant Collective. She is also my copywriter. She writes the blog posts and the emails for this podcast. So if you are a regular listener slash reader, then you will recognize her writing. But Carolyn and I both use her. So yeah, and check her out. She's awesome. And I'm going to you know throw it out there. I'm going to show off. 
I was one of her OG clients. I think I was client number two. We discovered this about a month ago and we celebrated our one year. Oh, that's so cute. Anniversary. <laughs> Happy anniversary. I like that. No, she's amazing. My blog is doing so much better. I wouldn't have been posting it all this year if it wasn't for her. So oh, yeah, she's amazing. Okay. Absolutely. So, and then, so you need more Brandit in your life is yep. takeaway number two. And then <laughs> what's takeaway number three? Takeaway number three is that I do want to start running all these kinds of ads that you're talking about and like actually do it, but also giving myself some grace because I'm like I've mentioned a few times struggling to just kind of keep up with the day to day, month to month recurring tasks. And I just like, I need to figure out where to fit it into my calendar. I want to get ahead on a few things before I can tackle something new. You have a lot on your plate. So give yourself grace because you are doing a lot and consistency over time has a huge impact, right? And you can see that with your blogs and your emails consistently going out and your Instagram, right? And so consistently like taking that chunk of time whenever you decide to do it and, you know, writing that first email of the sequence and then writing the second email and then writing the third email and just over time slowly all of a sudden you'll look back and be like, oh, it's all done. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And just knowing that I'm very much a person that I I want to get something done or buy something is another big one, which my husband hates me. (laughs) It has to be right now. I'm like, I need to do this and I need to do this right now. I'll tell my husband regularly, like, I fell down a rabbit hole again. And he's like, what now? And I'm like, well, like, I think I've redone my my cover images on my all my products three times in the last two years oh my gosh i'm happy with them now but i redid all of them and then redid them all like 600 products don't you yeah it was a big commitment and then i redid all of my credits pages and terms of use and upsell pages and then in June was like, no, I don't like these. I'm redoing them. And I redid them all during the summer. That's so and, much good for you. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And like I changed all the UTM links to make them all generic. So at the beginning, they weren't. Mm-hmm. So at least now I could track them more easily. So that was worth it in that sense. But it took a long time. So I need to not like understand that not everything needs to be done right now. Yes. That's a huge takeaway. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me. Okay. So tell everybody where they can find you. So you can find me on Instagram at Madame Carolyn. So that's M-M-E and then Carolyn or Caroline technically is how it's spelled. I would say that's it because other than that, my other stuff is very specifically geared to uh, people like my audience. Yeah, I agree. I'm always happy to chat with new sellers and all that. So, you know. Send me a message if you want. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure catching up. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Market Scale Grow. I'm so thankful that you've taken some time out of your busy schedule to make me part of your journey. If you love this podcast, don't forget to share it with your friends and then head to your favorite podcast app to subscribe so that you won't miss next week's episode or any of the upcoming ones. And if you loved it, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that other people can find this podcast and we can impact teachers and teacher business owners around the world. 
Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be back in your ears next week with another Saturday strategy session.